morning, listeners. Yes, you're not hearing the voice of Jimmy Williams this morning. You're hearing the voice of the co-host with the most, according to Jimmy. Good morning. I'm Lori Few, and I'm excited to be on the podcast this morning. We have got a great topic to talk about. We're going to talk about, no, I know what you're thinking. We're not going to talk about coffee, although we probably will get to that at some point because that's my favorite thing to talk about. But this morning, we're going to talk about relationships and not only relationships, we're going to talk about four cornerstones of what relationships are built upon. And so I could not do this without my co-host with the most. Say good morning to Mr. Jimmy Williams. Hey, good morning, everybody. You didn't think she'd get by with coming on this show without me. I mean, the mouth of the South. All right. Hey, the world doesn't turn until I start telling it to turn. I mean, that's the way the world is. My wife always says, Lori, here's Jimmy. Hands right here. Here's the hand going around it. That's the rest of the world. All right. That's just how this works, folks. <laughs> oh, hey, good morning. The what the what world. a beautiful day. Yeah, Lori. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the world revolves around Jimmy. We know that. <laughs> he likes to think that. But, folks, I do know the truth because I married a fine woman. Oh, a fine woman. 35 years this September. And she puts me right where I need to be all the time. Humble is the term I would use. I'll just be very humble. But uh, no, on a serious note, hey, thanks for joining us today at Live a Life by Design. Lori opened the show perfectly. This is going to be a topic for the century. Why am I saying that? Because I have a wonderful lady that can talk to anyone because she's a woman. And then you have me, Jimmy. The stumbling words come out as I talk to different people of different ages. We're going to go into some Gen Z conversations. Lori, I have got you some ideas here that I think will help our listeners today. So let's get going. Well, I think it's great. So we're going to start off, Jimmy, I want you to start off with the first cornerstone of all relationships. What's the most top of your list, most important thing to start with? The most important thing. This is the A cornerstone. Without this, you do not have any other support for a relationship. And that is the T word, trust. Oh, okay. That's not the T word I was thinking, but let's start (laughs) with trust. Yeah, you know, so so let's talk a little bit about trust. So without trust, you don't really have a relationship, in my opinion, because if I can't trust you by confiding and sharing with some maybe my most personal matters with you as a dear friend, you know, you're probably going to inwardly keep everything, right? So I journal anyway. I'd get it out somewhere, but not nearly the same as if you had feedback from someone that maybe has experienced the similar matter you're going through. And if, as you always say, you know, you grow through what you go through, maybe they've gone through something before that you're just now experiencing and they have a little bit of a secret. Maybe they have a little edge that helped them cope or maybe even thrive through the challenges that they faced. And so, you know, to me, it's always about trust. I will say it like this. My dad always said it to me like this. You know, he's got a formal education. He's got a sixth grade education, but he has a PhD in the wisdom of life, Lori. I'm telling you, you know, I've got six hours toward a PhD, a real one. (laughs) And my dad- Only six. Well, I just didn't see in my career how that was going to get me where I wanted to go unless I want to be a professor or something, you know. But what I did is I said to myself, you know, every time I think I'm making gains on that dad of mine, he says something so profound. So here's what he told me. And I was a younger lad when he told me this, but he always brings this up to me. And he says, your trust that others place in you is gained in years and lost in seconds. So true. Well, it is very deep. And I think it's very poignant for this topic of conversation this morning, because we spend so much time navigating the workplace uh, with different 
types of people in different types of situations that the number one thing, I think you're absolutely right. A great topic to start off with is trust. I think you I want to talk it, a little bit. Yeah. About my wife going behind my back. Let me tell you what she did. Ooh, yeah. What? The trust was broken for like, I don't know, at least an hour. And so <laughs> just an hour. She, she goes to a local ice cream store where she knows that my favorite yogurt is at this ice cream store. And she proceeds to come home and she's got two scoops of real chocolate ice cream, whipped cream and nuts on it. And she's eating it, not knowing that I was going to be home. And I'm surprised her. And I came home, my car's in the garage. She didn't see it. She parked her car outside. She walks in and she's like, Oh, what are you doing here? And I said, aha. And I caught her <laughs> cheating on me with carbs. All right. That's the oh, worst kind of cheating. That's the worst that's kind of cheating, Lori. I'll stand by that all day. <laughs> carbs oh it's a deal breaker ruined ruined I'm hurt i'm really hurt but anyway <laughs> well one of the next things we're going to talk about in this cornerstone i love the word cornerstone it's a very interesting word on a monday morning uh, it makes me think of strength makes me think of power i don't know i, I just i like the word cornerstone but empathy is what i tend to think of Ooh, in a relationship a yeah, i just good. and sometimes you talk about it with people and people are well i'm, I'm empathetic I, I i can see from your side or i understand your perspective and I, I feel your pain but sometimes people don't need us to feel or be validated sometimes people just need to be heard being empathetic is listening and i know that we've talked before on the podcast about positive attributes in the workplace and different types of listening. We've talked about active listening, if you'll recall, but being empathetic to me is just giving that person the opportunity to say, I don't feel valued in this certain work situation or in a personal situation. I don't think we need to be so sensitive to take things personal. Showing people empathy helps us grow as individuals, but it also helps in professional settings, community settings, organizational settings, that if we are more empathetic, it benefits everybody in the long haul. Oh, absolutely. And I can relate. I've been pathetic my entire life on a lot of things. <laughs> and Lori, I can pathetic. relate to that word. Oh, empathetic. Oh, oh empathetic. I thought you said pathetic. I'm sorry. That, that, well, that changes the whole story. Yes, of course. Empathy. Yes. I, I thought you were saying pathetic. And I'm sitting there going, you know, she's nailed me to the wall here on that one. That. <laughs> Right in the heart, folks. Uh, oh. Lori, Lori and I have been dear friends for a long time, but I thought she really knows me now. She called me <laughs> pathetic on our own show I, in front of I thousands, pulled, if not millions of people. I have pulled uh, back the veil. I have <laughs> pulled, pulled it back. All honesty. We're bearing it all out this morning. Yes, uh, Jimmy, you're pathetic. No, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I don't know I'm about pathetic. a veil, but she tore the scab off of a wound. It came 30 oh. years ago. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, you know, we're having a lot of fun today, folks, because you know why? It's Monday. And why not? You know, Monday to us is just a Friday that got left behind. Lori and I just love Mondays, <laughs> just like Fridays, you know, but no empathy. So the big thing to me about empathy, Lori, is you are absolutely right. People need to first understand you before they can really communicate with you. You see the difference in the preposition. If if they don't understand what you're going through, how can they relate, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and And some of that is just commonality. Some people, you know, that you share with or that you want to be empathetic with, you know, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about trust. You may not 
have a similar circumstance or, or a similar situation, but you can learn by experiencing those things with those people. It's not that someone just needs to unload on you or that they need to have you bear their problems or bear their burden. It's just that sometimes by experiencing those conversations and situations with someone, you can grow from that as well. Oh man, that is well put, well put. And I will say this, you can learn to be empathetic if you don't feel like you naturally come through your own emotions with it, you know? Um, all of these emotions, so so think about this, trust. That is a skill you develop. You just have to be honest, not with just the people you're talking with, and I didn't say to, you're talking with. You also have to be honest to the person that's most important, that's yourself. So I read a book, and it talked about part of the book was the best person to never lie to is you. So think it's about good. that. True, about, it's so that's true. A, that's a cool, cool phrase in the book. And at the end of the day, I got to reading that book and I got to writing in my journal. I thought, yeah, man, I've been lying to myself about this. You know, I, I want to lose 40 pounds, but I like to go to eat Brahms yogurt. I mean, how does that ever <laughs> con congruency is not there? You know, I don't listen, Mr. Brahms, this isn't bad too about your yogurt. I love the stuff. It's just it's got <laughs> carbs in it and stuff. Carbs. But so it, empathy to me though, is at times showing someone that your, your weakness go, go back to, you know, Brene, right. She says showing signs of weakness is actually a sign of strength to the other person. They know that you're not just one of these people made out of rock. You know, we're all men and, and we men can't cry and we men can't so hurt. You know, even if we got a bone sticking out of our collar and there's blood all over, so we got to act like it doesn't hurt. You know, that <laughs> Visualize you that this morning. Yeah, you know, I, I love that. You know, I'm feeling a little bit of pain around my neck. Well, sure, your clavicle's sticking out of the side of your shoulder there. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that that empathy comes from being understanding first of others' pain and and maybe the source of their, their concern or their cause of reasoning for being hurt, whatever it is. But to be empathetic to someone means to me that you truly understand them. Yeah, that's so important. So... Let's talk about the third cornerstone, Jimmy. What is it? It's the worst thing that men could ever have as a challenge to their being on the planet. There was uh -oh. a book. I, I'm going to give you the word in just a second, but there was a book I read. Truly, this is the title of the book. I'm not making this up, Lori Few. The title of the book was Men Are Clams and Women Are Crowbars. <laughs> the title. I read this book and I shared it with my wife and she said that that gentleman with the PhD is spot on. So we, <laughs> men, we men come home and we only have, and the scientists prove this, social scientists prove this, behavioral scientists upheld this, that men come home from their day of whatever they're doing. You know, we're out on the street doing something or we're working in an office or whatever we're doing. And we spend our 5,700 words by the time we get ready to come home. We have no words left. Women have over 20,000 words a day that they will use. I don't know why that wow. is. I'm not picking on women versus men. I'm just telling you what the scientists say. So when my wife, when I get home, my wife wants to do what? She goes, hey, how's your day? How'd it go today? Let me tell you what happened in my day. And I just sit there and I'm going, oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> no, uh, but at the end of the day, that word to me is communication. You see, if you want a true foundation of any relationship, husband, wife, partner, partner, whatever you are, friend, friend, it doesn't matter to me, communication. And we men admittedly right now, Lori, 
are not really good at that. I have worked diligently on my skills to communicate, but here's the bigger problem. You know what it is? Nope. It's not the speaking. It's the listening. The listening. Too often. I don't. we're often trying to figure out what we're going to say next before we ever hear what you say, yeah. right? Exactly. I'm sorry, exactly. I, didn't hear, I didn't hear you, Lori. What'd you say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, listening, that's not a problem at my house. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm always, I'm like to my wife, I'm going, I beg your pardon. I mean, <laughs> what'd you say? Uh, but on a serious note, communication, now, you've been married, well, not quite as long as us, but because you're a lot younger, but, but you've been married a while, I mean, over a decade, and, you, and you, you sit back and you go, let me say, when we were first married, I can tell you, we didn't have this seamless ability to read each other's minds and communicate as well as we probably should. But now you've been married to my good buddy, Justin, for a while, and you probably go, I can finish his sentences, people. I mean, that's where we're at, right? Am I close? Well, I, I can finish his sentences, but I also have to find him like he he gets lost <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I, there are times where i will text him and or I, I honestly i recently had to download an app to track him because he he leaves things like his phone his wallet his keys <laughs> so i know he's not listening always although i can read his mind most times to finish his sentences i'm more concerned about losing him i've seen uh, this <laughs> app isn't it the shape of a little boy holding his hand up like this and it says lost your kid something like that no, I'm just yes well, and in terms of in terms of communication, I think it's really relevant in the workplace. Um, we talk about so many things that during the pandemic that we learned. We learned how to do Zoom. We learned how to do, uh, you know, Google Voice. We learned how to do videos. We learned how to do all these things to communicate. But the relationship part of communication is actually making sure that the person understands where you're coming from. We talk a lot about how you can't read an email without assuming someone's tone or a text message for that matter. It's hard to build a relationship with someone if you're constantly communicating in the digital tech world because you can't always discern how that person really feels about that conversation or that project or that you know program that you're working on together. And so face-to-face communication obviously is always the best. I'm, I'm an animated talker. I communicate with my hands. I communicate with my face. It's really difficult to do that in a read-only type of world. So I've had to really struggle with how can I be better about communicating within my work relationships? And it's a, a constant, let's be paying it, you know, let's be paying attention uh, and let's listen and, and let's see how other people do that. I, I love to pick other people's brains and find out what works for them. And fascinatingly enough, it's always different. So I think being open to all types of communication in different relationships, you're going to communicate with your spouse differently than you are your coworkers. I hope. <laughs> well, if not, we got an HR problem. That's all I can tell yeah. you, right? Yeah. Hey, Take it up sweetheart, with the HR. Can I get you to make a copy, honey? I mean, come on, that's going to get you in trouble, Lori. I don't know where you work. Uh, get you in yeah. trouble at my place, okay? That's definitely going to get me in trouble. So, but I, I do, I think communication is definitely a great, third cornerstone of this conversation this morning but i need to know what's number four but before i go there let let me explain one thing about the generations you hit on it let me help clarify Uh, something so we've got some gen z's in our office i've got some uh gen y's in the office 
And I have found, so keep in mind, I'm one of those guys right below the baby boomers. So I came right after the baby boomers. And my communication approach is a little different than those in the younger age groups. Because let me explain one thing. Uh, a client of ours sent an email to one of my, my dear colleagues that's a, a Gen Z. So, and it was in all caps. So let me mention it. It was all caps. Ooh. Her understanding was, well, why is he yelling at me? What did have I done? See what I'm saying? That's her perception. Yes. What have I done wrong that would cause someone to yell an entire email at me? And she came to me and she thought that she had upset a client to so such a degree that his words, when she was reading them, weren't harsh. They weren't profane. It was just nice request. And he had a question about stuff, but he was in all caps. And she came to me and she said, I don't know. I made Mr. So-and-so upset about something. And I said, well, why do you mean that? She said, well, look at his email. She took me to her office and I looked at the email and I started laughing. I said, I can tell you what, he couldn't find his bifocal. So he made big letters. So he had no, <laughs> seriously, so he had no intent. So you see what happens? That's miscommunication. He had no intent and she immediately took it as a negative because his all caps were what he could see. Isn't that mm -hmm. funny? Well, and I think it's, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's generational. Uh, and we have to do better to constantly learn. I think I probably would have taken an all caps email the same way. I, in my mind, I sure. would have thought, oh, my goodness, what have I done to offend this person? Um, you know, because, again, you can't decipher tone in a text or an email. But the perception is there that, that she immediately went to thinking, oh, what have I done? Why would someone send me something in all caps? So let me tell you, one of my worst fears, Lori, came to light, and then we're going to get to the fourth cornerstone. When it comes to communication, I use emojis a lot just to kind of quicken the conversation. You know, I go down to my last few words for the 5,000 I had that day, and, you know, here I send an emoji. If I don't have my glasses on, because I, I can see, uh -oh. I just can't see up close. You know, they have these hand emojis. You know, I thought I was giving a thumbs up, and I sent a dirty word no. to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She said, she sent back this look, you know, I could see the face on hers. It was like, Oh, with the mouth wide open, shocked eyes open. And I'm like, well, what in the world? So I put my glasses on. And I went, Oh my goodness, this is going to cost me. And I deleted it from my, my, <laughs> you know, from my text side, but it stays on the other person's. Right. It does. It so does. As as I got I know. Home, she said, do you want to explain this? And I said, absolutely. I do right now. And I will tell you what I did. So I got down on one knee as you should, gentlemen, as you, because, you know, we're in the doghouse at that point. Right. And so I got down on one knee and I said, sweetheart, I didn't even have my glasses on. I thought I was giving you the thumbs up. Instead, I gave you the finger out and it was not good. I don't condone it. I don't encourage it. It just happens. So I said to myself, why do they have those blasted nasty ones on the phone? What purpose can it be? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Ooh, not good, not no, good. Not good. I <laughs> Imagine that if that my, had been my favorite client or somebody, you know, right. I, could, I can get my I, wife to forgive easier than I probably could anybody else, you know, because she cheated on me with the ice cream deal. But um, <laughs> so I'm holding that over her head uh, more. I'm holding it over her stomach. But anyway, so my point here is, is I'm going, I've, can I get rid of these? So I actually sent an email to the folks um, that I thought took care of the emojis on, on you know, the phones. And uh, the folks at Apple didn't seem to understand what I was getting at. So they said, you just don't get to choose which ones you want. And I'm like, oh, great. So anyway, communication, uh -huh. folks, it's the big, big, big cornerstone. So in saying that, now everyone has been scarred for life. Because if you get an emoji text <laughs> from Jimmy, you're just going to have to take it for a grain of salt and know that if it's inappropriate, 
he sent it up the chain to Apple and they said, tough, deal with it. Yeah. And Jimmy didn't have his glasses on when he sent it. I assure you, there was no means of harm included in it. I assure you. Oh, boy. So, Jimmy, tell us about the fourth cornerstone and hopefully it doesn't involve dirty emojis. No, no, no. I thank you for that. This is one of my favorite of the four. It really is because this world is full of what I call (gasps) fake people. Now, don't, I don't mean that as a, and they usually don't give you their true emotions. Sometimes, oh, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? And inside they're dying. Something's happened. I'm looking at the word and I'm going, I know what the fourth cornerstone is to a successful relationship that you want to go long term with. That I mean, you're all in is sincerity. Good Think one. about this. If you're not sincere to the people you are meeting, spending time with, and talking, they know it. And I'm going to tell you who's the best at this. Those Gen Z and Gen Y kids, they're not kids, excuse me, adults that we have hired now, the young professionals, they know when you're trying to fake them out. Don't even try it, Lori. They're good. They are good. I mean, it's it's almost like um, it's crazy. They'll call you on it, too. They don't hesitate. And that's great. And I wish we could all be more like that. I I tell people all the time, I, I love to work with young people because they will, they will literally call you out on it and say, wait a minute, no wait, what? No, we're not doing that. And I find what I find is so difficult for me in that situation of sincerity with relationships is that I am constantly equating that with distraction. I have really tried to focus hard on when I'm working with someone or I'm with someone, you know, to give them my utmost attention, because typically the phone's ringing, the email is singing, the text messages are going off. And it's really easy to be having a conversation with someone that's really important and you lose all sincerity when you're distracted. It's really hard. And it's, it's just, it's one of the most, it's almost like the Achilles heel. It's like, oh, I can do good at so many things. And, you know, you see it all over your face. They can tell, especially the young professionals, what, what's going on? Why, what, what are you looking at? What's going on? Why are you distracted? Are you listening to me? Can you hear me? Like, what, what's going on? Do we need to reschedule? I, I do not want to be that person because it, it, it is so insincere and it comes across rude and disrespectful and everybody's time is valuable and important. And when you're working with someone on a project or a community board or an organization, the last thing you want them to think is that you don't really care or that you're you know too busy to be there, but you're there. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm here in body, but I'm not here in mind or spirit. And, oh, it's Oh, so I hate it when hard. they do that. They go, you're here but you're not here and I'll yeah. go oh, busted. And who tells me that yeah. my younger daughter, right? She goes, <laughs> I know you're here, dad, but you're really not here. So I'm like, okay, how much busted. is this going to cost me? How much is this going to cost me? You know, that's a great <laughs> one though, Lord. And I will say this too, this younger generation of professionals, at least in my experience, they are so keen on that. And I'm not sure where they gained that skill so early in life, but they can pick you apart. For example, here's another true story. You know, on Live a Life by Design, folks, we share the real truth, uh, the unvarnished truth, what I'm sharing with you. So one day I was just uh, probably had a lot on my mind, had a little stress on me or so forth. And I never have a bad day at the office. I have never raised my voice. I've never been unkind, not intentionally to anybody for any reason. But how they knew I was under some kind of duress or had something going on that was kind of stressing me is I changed my personality. I got quiet. Now, those of you Uh that know I'm on a podcast, my mouth is moving all the time, but I got quiet. And when they saw me and they noticed I was smiling, but I wasn't saying anything or I didn't greet them with something nice to say, 
they said, huh, the youngest one on my team is 22. Now she just turned that. She came into my office one day this spring and said, sit down. She's down in the chair. Didn't ask anything. She goes, Hey, give it up. What is it? And I, <laughs> I said, I beg your pardon. And she said, what's Sorry. on your mind? What's on your mind? Tell me what's on your mind. So my dad gets like this all the time and you're a little older than him. So I figured you got something on your mind. <laughs> I said, first of all, uh, I'll send your termination letter to you. But second no. of all, no, I did not. You know, the one thing I did appreciate about it, I said, how did you know that? She goes, well, you know, my dad's that kind of way. You men don't ever talk about things on your mind. You just kind of keep it all in. And by keeping it all in, you're stewing it around in your brain by being quiet. And I told her, I said, her name's Shelby. And I said, Shelby, you are very astute. That For a girl 22 years of age, I thought, and she's only worked with us for two years, but she's already got me tuned in, man. She knows. And she's, I can tell, you know, she said 99.9% of the time you are on cloud nine. And when I see you quiet, I know something's brewing and what can I do to help? And I said, I appreciate it, but this is something I've got to do. Put the do not disturb sign on my door. Give me about two hours of free time to myself and I'll solve this and be back to smiling, you know? And it's just one of those things. So the world's not always turning in the way we wish. And it's not always where you're going to be on cloud nine. I'm up there about 29 days out of 30. Uh, I'm up there probably 364 out of a year, but there's that one day. It's kind of like rubbing the cat wrong. You ever have that? You know, you go up to your cat. <laughs> You start at the tail and you just rough the hair up and that cat looks at you like, oh, you're going to pay for this when you're asleep. And they get the claws out and come right out. Anyway, that's how you feel certain days of the year, perhaps. I won't say the week, per the year, because I don't want that frequency. And so what I want you to take from this is, is there's four big, powerful words to describe a true foundation for the cornerstones of a friendship. And so, Lori, they are trust. What was yours? Empathy. And then I had communication and you had sincerity. Yes. So those four are big. Now I want to talk and Lori and I are going to share with you because here's what you take those four cornerstones and do in life. There are certain relationships, even those possessing the traits we just mentioned. There are certain relationships of which you could spend a week with. There are some you could spend all month with. There's some you could only spend maybe a half a day with, and maybe there's some you could only spend a few minutes with. And I'm not trying to be mean, but there are certain people, you know, I, I've got loved ones. I just love them, but they are just so negative. Yeah. And I just, you know, don't take this wrong. Have you ever seen like a volleyball with a hole in it and you go to church and you got the group out there all by the net and you're getting ready to hit it in his thuds? That's how <laughs> I feel with spending with one of my relatives. After that few minutes, man, I feel like the whole enthusiasm has been sucked out of my body. And I'm just like, and you know, my brain, you can tell, I know she sees it. My brain's going, let's get out of here, get out of <laughs> here. And you hear this little siren go off my head going, <laughs> you know, it's like time out, get out of here. Do you ever have that situation in a relationship? It, it's so true. I, I had a, I, I, I do, I do have a family member that that is exactly, it's like, Rot, rot. And no, I mean, no it, we're not related are we Lori? we're no. not these are two different people okay <laughs> two different people i i totally can relate to that and it really will it will deflate every sense of motivation and positivity that you have and you can be the most positive upbeat person and love that person through it and they are still going to be that person and that's okay because the world is full of people and we're all different and that's what you know brings us all to, together in a sense um, but I have a, I have a professional relationship, a working relationship that 
it just was never going to work. Uh, no matter what I did, it, it, no matter how I communicated, over-communicated, under-communicated, I could be the most sincere, empathetic, I could listen. Um, it, it just was never going to work. And it's very much pleasantries, uh, very much when we're around the table and we're working on a project. Uh, I know my role, they know their role, and we just, that's what we do. And it's okay. It's okay not to have five million successful relationships. I mean, it would be almost impossible to think that we're going to be able to sustain those types of relationships. And you really, you struggle and you want to make that work because as people, we're drawn to other people. We want good things. We want positive things. But it's also okay to, okay to know that in some relationships, they are strictly professional or very, you know, if it's a family gathering, it's like, okay, well, I'm here. I came, I saw, I conquered, I'm leaving. So you just have to be realistic to yourself. That's exactly it. Realistic. And that's what people come to relationships with expectations. Like, oh, this is going to be rainbows and butterflies and marriage is just love all the time. You don't even need to eat food. You just live on love. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, that's like my aunt when I got married. You just live on love. You, you'll be all right. Uh, anyway, my point I'm making there is, is that you do have these expectations that you build up into people that goodness gracious, Superman, if he were a true person, couldn't live up to these expectations. Right. And we are expecting people of just the same world we live, the same fact patterns we deal with, the same consequences we deal with. And we expect them to be just, you know, well, the world's nothing but great. And I don't want to come across that I'm not positive because that's my nature. I'm very, very positive. However, these people are the kinds of people that I want to spend about 15 minutes with, maybe 30 minutes. And I go there and don't laugh, folks. Here's what I do. I just shake it off and leave it in that doorway that I just walked through without them. I'm not doing it in front of the family member, but I just go, oh, I got to go. And and I listen to some Zig Ziglar. I'll get out some of my Jim Rohn CDs. I'll, you know, <laughs> CDs, you know, Lori, that's a little plastic thing. Round, yes. flat. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yes. Well, I, I know you're some. a Bluetooth yes. kind of girl, but uh, anyway. <laughs> So it matches her eyes, folks. But anyway, no. So the point I'm making with all this is, is the four cornerstones of trust, empathy, communication, and sincerity are what you really must possess if you truly want a relationship that is long-term. And Lori, give us the challenge for this week to our listeners and close this show out. Okay. So the challenge this week is to take a relationship, can be personal, can be professional, can be community. Take one relationship in your life and really focus on implementing the four cornerstones this week. Not saying that you have to implement all four, unless you're an overachiever like Jimmy. You can, take you one. can be pathetic on one if you want to be <laughs> pathetic on one. <laughs> take one of those and implement that into your relationship and try to make it positive because that's what we're here to do on Live a Life by Design. We want you to go out, have a great week, and continue to make positive strides in your life. So go out, have a great week, and live a life by design. Oh, that's good. I love that part, Lori. Everybody live a life by design. I love it. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you here next Monday with a smile on our face. Peace to all. Bye-bye. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. 
The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley. Thank you.